Welcome to the Couples Healing Podcast, where you'll get the tools for him to overcome his addiction, for her to find healing from the pain that it causes her, and for you to heal your relationship and come back together. I hope that you enjoy and subscribe. Hey, everybody. I'm excited to have you all back for another episode today. And I was thinking about what I wanted to share, and it's inspired by somebody that I had seen on Instagram. I'm not really a social media person, but I have Instagram for like, I don't know, posting tidbits of like tools and help and different things. And I follow a guy who just has such good content. And he's more of like a business kind of a person, but he posted a video of him on stage. And the thing that he said struck me and I thought it applied, it, it very much applies to the work that we're trying to do when it comes to becoming better people, strengthening our relationships, growing closer together. Any, any pursuit that you are involved in, this mentality is so, so helpful. And so he used this phrase that I, I get where he was coming from, but I, I'll, I'll put it into a different, uh, different words. He said, in terms of business, he says, everything is always your fault as the entrepreneur. And so he uses this example of, he said, you know, somebody comes up to me and he says, hey, there are no good salespeople out there. And the guy who I'm following hears that. And then he says, well, no, it's not that there's no good salespeople. You just simply lack the skill for how to find, onboard, train, and manage a salesperson. He says, everything is your fault. Now, I think people can take that to an extreme, so I don't want you to take that and, 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 and misapply it. But the idea, I guess I wanted to pass along the idea of that and change the language a little bit instead of saying everything's always your fault. I would love to change the language a little bit and simply say, and you can ask yourself, what in this circumstance is my responsibility? What's within my control? What am I in charge of? What can I be responsible for? And I love that idea. And if you link it with, okay, what skill do I lack? What do I need to learn? What what approach do I need to get better at? I think when you have that mentality about any area of your life, it's it, it doesn't limit you because if you blame it on somebody else and you put it on somebody else's shoulders and this thing went wrong because he or she did this thing or my kids did this and if you can take a step back and say, what within this circumstance is my responsibility? Where can I claim uh, something that I did and then learn how to do it maybe differently? Improve a, a specific skill. What skill do I lack that I could learn and improve on? I think when you do that, it completely changes your ability to get the outcome that you want. If you have a goal, so let's link this to the relationship uh, process here. So let's say you and your spouse get into arguments a lot. There's three issues that I was thinking about using as examples. Let's say there's miscommunication in your relationship. Uh, let's say another example is not having any trust. And then another example is if there's issues in the sexual relationship. So I want to I share a couple of stories with each of these and illustrate this idea that there's always something that we can learn or some skill that we can develop. If we have a problem, it's usually because we lack some kind of a skill. And so I love that he kind of framed it in this way because then it puts us back in charge instead of being some, some instead of being people that are acted upon, we have, we have this uh, ability to act for ourselves and to respond and to do and create that puts us in a very empowered position Instead of blaming something on somebody else, then now there's nothing you can do. 
if it's somebody else's fault, okay, well, what do you do now? You've got no, you've got no leverage. You can't do anything differently. So you get stuck and then it just, you can't reach your goals if you put this on somebody else. In a relationship, there's two people. So of course, there's a, an aspect of this of, of how do we come together. But in each situation, it can be so helpful to try to understand, okay, what skill do I still need to learn to help me in this particular area? And so one of the things that I want to, one of the areas that I mentioned that I want to share with you, just an example, is that of arguing. So when couples get stuck in arguments and frustration and fighting and they get disconnected, I want to share with you how this applies because there's something that each person can do to continue to improve and help the relationship become more smooth and resolve conflict and ultimately get your needs met. And so I was working with a couple recently. Their main struggle is the fact that they misunderstand each other all the time. When somebody says something, the other person takes it personally when it's not intended that way and then reacts in a way that's, you know, frustration and anger and defensiveness, then that triggers the other person to react in their frustration and anger, defensiveness, and shutting down and avoiding. They get stuck in their cycle because of these misunderstandings that they have. And so this particular example that I want to share was the husband gets overwhelmed with work and he's like, you know what, I just want to get away from the week for the weekend. And the wife says, well, I don't really want to go somewhere without a plan because I guess they have like a fifth wheel. And he's just like, let's just load up the fifth wheel, hop in the car, and let's get out of here. She's like, no, like, you know me. I need a plan. I don't want to just get on the road and not have like some structure to this. And then he says, like, well, like, what about my freedom? I want like, I want to have some freedom to do the things that I want to do. And then in the instant that he said that, she took it differently than how he intended and reacted in a... In a, she got her feelings hurt and then reacted with anger. The more angry she got, the more upset that he got because he didn't want to fight and he interpreted her anger as resistance and not wanting to spend time with him. So that hurt his feelings because he wanted to spend time with his wife, but he was getting the message from her unintentionally that she didn't want to spend any time with him. So then he got mad and this whole thing went round and around and around. And so when we came into session, they wanted to work through this particular challenge. And so when I'm working with couples, there's two things that happen. Number one, we want to solve the specific issues that they're having. But number two, and even more importantly, my goal is to give them the framework and the understanding and the skill to be able to solve this type of thing, communication breakdowns on their own. And so I have a process that I walked them through that I want to share with you guys. And so with this particular situation, the most important thing when somebody gets into an argument, so this goes back to the skills. Okay, so if somebody gets into an argument and they get frustrated with one another and then it devolves into chaos, what skills does somebody need to learn in order to avoid that from happening and to be able to communicate more effectively and clearly? So I think there's a handful of different things. Number one, we need the skill of being able to communicate clearly how we feel and what we need. And so when couples get stuck like this particular couple, they got their feelings hurt, which then caused a negative reaction where they each protected themselves with anger and frustration and blaming the other person. 
So the skill is to be able to communicate very clearly how you feel and what you want or what you need. And then, then you can have a discussion about, okay, how do we make this happen? So she says, well, I need a plan. And he's like, well, what about my freedom? The, when he said, what about my freedom? She took it to mean that she's getting in the way of what he wants and she's a burden. She's the problem. She's always the one that's causing issues in the relationship. And she feels awful when she gets that message. She has a sensitivity to feeling unimportant and uh, unworthy. And when he said that, that triggered that wound of her feeling unworthy and like everything was her fault. And so then she gets upset and then shuts down eventually. So the skill of being able to, there's a couple of skills here. Number one, being able to clearly communicate how you feel and what you need. Number two, it's when something goes off track, when there is a misunderstanding, because that's that will happen for everybody. And the more you practice this process, the less and less it happens, but it still happens. And so when there's a, in order to have a constructive conversation, you also need to learn the skill of when there is a moment of misunderstanding. What I shared with them was you want to stop the discussion. And because if there's a negative reaction, if there's like a lot of intensity there, then that means something got triggered. So instead of continuing on with the discussion, we want to stop it right there slow it down to then say what just happened how did you hear that how did you how did you take what i just said what did you feel when i said those words because once you do that you're then going to be able to resolve the thing that got triggered to then have a productive rest of the conversation because if you don't solve what just came up and you start to talk over and above or around the trigger you're not going to you're not going to go anywhere that's why things spiral because when somebody gets their feelings hurt or somebody feels rejected or unloved or sad or fear if you don't address that in the moment the argument it's it's going to either turn into an argument if it hasn't already or the argument just will not find a resolution until you go back to that moment so for them in this particular moment the place where we went back to was when she heard the words, what about, he's saying like, what about my freedom? She took it to mean I'm a burden and I'm in the way. So in our session, he clarified, hey, when I said, what about my freedom? He was saying, I wasn't trying to be free from you. I was trying to be free from my obligations at work that are stressing me out. And I want to be able to participate. Like I want freedom to do this trip with you. You're my person. You're the one who I want to spend my time with. And it's not that I see you as the problem. I want you close to me because when we spend time together, I just have such a good time and it helps me to unwind. So when he shared that that's what he meant because she shared that's how she took it. She took it in that other way. Then it gave him a chance to clarify and reassure her that she in fact matters more than anything and that's why he wants to have the freedom away from work and away from stress to be able to go on a trip with her and so just to recap that again if there are arguments that take place you can always take some sense of responsibility and say okay is there anything that i can like how did i contribute to this and what can i do to make this go smoother next time that doesn't mean again this is where i kind of disagree with the guy 
who I initially shared this phrase, everything's always your fault. I don't look for fault when I work with people. It's never like who's at fault, who's to blame, who broke this down, where did, you know, who dropped the ball. It's always like, okay, what happened? And how did we each interact in this pattern? And what can we do differently? So I love the idea of looking for ways that we can take responsibility and asking the question, what skill am I lacking here? And then implementing and learning that skill. Situation number two. So often people struggle with not feeling trust in the relationship. Many women, after there's been betrayal, of course, it destroys trust. And so the question is, okay, like what skill do do what skill does a couple lack or a, an individual? What skill is missing rather if there isn't trust in the relationship? The skill, when I hear, when somebody says, I don't trust my husband, if a wife says, I don't trust my husband, I think to myself, the skill that needs to be in place is that of him learning how to create safety. Because if she doesn't trust him, that's the first place that I always like look and check out is like, how safe do you feel? And usually the answer is not very or not at all. How connected do you feel to him? Not at all. So once we identify, okay, what, because there's different aspects of trust and there's different phases of how trust is rebuilt. But in the very beginning, if there isn't trust, I'll always identify is there safety, is there connection? And if not, that's the skill that needs to be developed. He needs to learn how to create safety in the relationship and how to connect with her in a way that helps her to feel close, in a way that helps her to feel safe. Because trust ultimately is a decision. And once you make the decision to trust and bring the wall down, that's the process of bringing things together. But I would never recommend a woman decide to trust her husband unless there was evidence that it was safe enough for her to do so. And so I always start with those two pieces first. And so if he doesn't know how to create safety, then that's where we're going to spend our time. For some people, it's him learning how to open up and share vulnerably with her. Because if she doesn't feel safe because he's never really been transparent, if she doesn't feel safe because she doesn't know where his focus is or if he's taking this process seriously or if he knows how to understand her, sometimes there's a lack of safety because she doesn't feel understood and loved. So whatever the breakdown is, the goal is to simply identify that. Where's the bottleneck? in the process, where's the block, and then implement and learn the skill necessary to cross that bridge. Because once you cross that bridge, then if you've been able to create safety and then have been able to create connection in the relationship, then it's now you've created an atmosphere for her to then make the decision to say, okay, I'm going to take another step closer. I see you working on this. I see that your energy and attention is focused on this. Therefore, I feel like things are making progress and I can feel like things are different because that's a big factor in whether or not there's trust is, is he doing this differently? Is he taking this seriously? Is he doing the things that will help protect me and us from the addiction? And if so, great, then I can start to trust him. 
But if he's not doing anything differently, if he's not learning any new skills, if there's no safety and connection in the relationship, if he's not working on the addiction on his side, there's no possible way that she can trust again. She can try to make that decision to trust, but then will obviously get hurt again if nothing's different. So then she often learns, okay, I'm not going to bring my wall down. I'm going to, I'm going to stay protected. I'm going to stay guarded. Therefore, the relationship can't make progress. And so this is a big part of why I think couples oftentimes, so often people focus on their individual work, which is crucial. It's absolutely important that he's working on the addiction, that she's also working on being able to process trauma and um, work through the challenges that are coming up from her, for her. But the thing that's so lacking for so many couples for many, many months is learning how to come together in the relationship. Because trust, again, is created within and between two people. If he's doing really good individual work, that's great. That doesn't necessarily translate to her feeling trust in him. Because he can have a great connection with his group, let's say. If he's going to group, he can have a great connection with the group. He can be doing all of his individual stuff. But if she doesn't relate to him, if, if they don't relate to each other differently, if, she, if he does not treat her differently, if he doesn't create safety in the relationship with her and learn how to connect and understand her, he could be a total all-star in his individual process, but the relationship will still limp along. Because safety happens between two people. Trust happens between two people. And so again, there's like a handful of skills to pay attention to, but identifying where it is that there's the the breakdown, that will help you know, okay, I can take responsibility over this. If there's not safety in the relationship, then let me take responsibility for understanding what you need and what do I need to do to help you to feel safe and how can I more effectively connect with you and let you in or whatever other need is missing that he can then understand and then start to implement. And then same thing on her side. Okay, what does she need to learn or understand or do to help the relationship, uh, to help facilitate a similar kind of process? Maybe on her side, one of the things that's so, so important and helpful for men is if they're making progress, for that progress to be seen or at least acknowledged. Because if he's doing everything he can think of and there's no movement in the relationship, then, okay, that's like, it takes time. But if he doesn't feel like it's, like it's acknowledged or if it's working or if it, it matters, if he's doing all these things and it doesn't feel like it moves the needle, it's so critical for him to at least have it, it acknowledged. So for instance, if he's working hard to create safety and connect with her and opening up and having good conversations, let's say, and she might not be able to instantly bring the wall down But if she were to say something like, hey, I noticed that you shared with me yesterday, or let's say in the conversation, I I recognize that you're sharing with me and you're opening up. This is exactly what what I'm hoping for. I hope this kind of thing continues because if it does, I'm going to be able to bring my wall down and reconnect with you because this helps me to feel like we're doing this together. I still feel scared. My guard is still up right now. But I just want to acknowledge, like, this is what I'm looking for. And I like, thank you for doing this. This is important. So those kinds of acknowledgements can also help go a long way to facilitate this process of the rebuilding trust. The last thing that I'll share is the last example is, uh, let's say there's um, issues in the sexual relationship of a couple. 
Uh, I remember working with a couple where for years she did not ever want to have sex with her husband. And it was very difficult for him because that was one of the ways that he felt connected to her. And he felt uh, he feels love and connection through touch, through affection, through intimacy. And without that in the relationship, there was a like there was a, a, a disconnect for them. And so in order to improve your sexual relationship, the skills necessary are to first understand what's like understanding what's what's missing here. Is it a lack of safety? Is it a lack of spending time with one another? Is it unresolved underlying hurts that are getting in the way? Is it resentment? Is it an inability to talk about it? Is there trauma there? Whatever the skill is, or rather whatever the problem is that's getting in the way, because some people might say, well, what if we just have different desire levels? And that happens. That's that's true for every couple. There's somebody who usually has a higher desire and somebody who has a lower desire. That's not a problem. The problem for this particular couple was, number one, they weren't talking about it. Number two, any of his attempts were being rejected because she wasn't interested. And then that created this resentment and frustration. And so the skill is to identify what is like what's this what's the challenge here what's the disconnect, and for them it was she didn't feel connected with him, she felt like she was you know her efforts weren't enough, that she was always blamed for something that was wrong, and there was a lot of anger in the relationship, and so when he understood the things that he was doing that was contributing to this dynamic he was able to take responsibility, and say well let me address these things. I'm going to work on how I react so I don't react so negatively. I'm going to work on spending more time and connecting with you because you're important to me and I want that. And if this is a part of what's getting in the, in the way of our intimacy, then that's important for me to know because I want to have a, a, a fulfilling relationship in all aspects. And a part of what made it difficult for him to spend time with her was because he felt criticized by her all the time. He felt like anything that he was going to do or say would be wrong. And so he just distanced himself. Even though he wanted to spend time, this dynamic made it so that it was difficult for each of them to do so. And so once we identified again, what are the key things that were, were missing that were contributing rather to this dynamic, then they were able to take steps. And then it, it, as we did our work together, it shifted and got to this point where she said, she said, like, I, I haven't really had a desire to address this aspect of our relationship, but now I actually want to. And that was such a big moment for him because he always got the message that sex didn't matter to her. And that was difficult for him because it mattered to him. And that was an important part of the relationship for him. So he just felt discouraged and like hopeless in that aspect of the marriage. But when she clarified as we went through the process that it wasn't she did it wasn't that she didn't have any interest it was that there were these other things getting in the way of her wanting to approach it then they were able to work together take responsibility over how the dynamic was playing out and then do something differently together and so i this whole thread this whole episode was you know stemmed from this one person saying in, in, in not so many words, what's my responsibility in this? What skill do I lack? And if you say, well, there are some dynamics that I'm not responsible for at all. Sometimes I share 
and I do it vulnerably and my partner rejects it or they treat me badly or there's abuse in the relationship. And so I don't, that's a part of why I don't want to say, well, everything's your fault because that's not true. I get what he was saying on Instagram, just trying to, you know, speak to, you know, entrepreneurs about like, just like take responsibility for everything and you figure it out kind of a, a, an idea. In relationships, it's different. And so I wanted to at least mention those things that there, of course, are moments where like there, you didn't do anything negatively to contribute to the dynamic or the particular situation that just happened. And so my whole point in this, this idea, this, this idea of the podcast wasn't to say like you take responsibility for your partner's actions and their decisions. That's obviously not at all what, what is necessary or required or helpful. Like I, I wouldn't recommend that, but I think if there is a skill that you can learn being able to just observe and pay attention to that and think to yourself, okay, is there something within this interaction that I could do differently? Let's say somebody loses their temper and gets really angry because of their spouse's actions. Okay, well, how do we, how do I respond to my anger differently? How can I process how I react differently? So if you can find something within a situation to do differently, great. I just love the mentality. This is the point uh, that I'm trying to make through the process is the mentality of how can I continue to learn skills that'll help me reach the outcome that I want? So again, you don't have to take responsibility for anybody else's actions, but finding a way to look at these situations that you're going through and try to figure out, okay, what can I do? How, do, how can I respond in a way that feels good for me? Is there any skills that I can continue to hone? I think that'll give you a good direction. And that is a skill set in and of itself just be observant of ways that you can make progress individually. So I, I do hope that helps. I know this is something that's been a huge thing for me as I've tried to implement the same idea and it's helped me to continue to learn skills and find ways to improve, which ultimately leads for me. It's just, it creates more and more fulfillment and happiness when I'm making progress towards my goals. So I hope the same is going to happen for you as you implement this. And I look forward to speaking with you all next week. Take care. Wait, before you go, I'm offering free access for my podcast listeners to a course I created. So make sure you go to coupleshealing.org so you can get some tools to start the healing process individually and in your relationship. Or if you want even more support and you'd like to work with me directly, you can contact me with the info that's on that website as well. I'm excited for you to make progress on your journey.